Welcome to the Cell Culture Dish podcast, Upstream and Downstream Processes, A Holistic View. I'm Brandi Sargent, editor of the Cell Culture Dish. Joining me today is Phil Sanders, Biotech Chief Innovation Officer from Agilitech. Today, we're going to talk about how not everyone has the luxury of building from the ground up. So how do you create a unified system between upstream and downstream with existing equipment and processes? Also, if you do have the ability to build from the ground up, how can you ensure that your design is future-proof? We'll talk about best practices for creating a holistic process from upstream to downstream on this podcast. I want to start today by talking about how you work with companies to make sure that they have a growth plan that can meet scalability needs in the future. Yeah, I think our process when we're working with the customer, we really try to bring awareness to the fact that this is so important for the end goal. We do work with a lot of different startups a lot of times who really have a myopic view. They're really just trying to get a piece of equipment or a very specific step, whether it's R&D or whether it's PD, whatever it might be, they get this viewpoint that they just need to solve that particular problem. But what happens is over time, they look back and all of the time and effort, a lot of times that they put into that are kind of wasted because they realize they didn't really think about all the scalability that needs to come going from that RED development process to now I want to get full manufacturing and I'm starting all over again. And so we really try to talk through that with our customers, um, even as, as early as our discovery meeting with them. What's your goal here? What are you trying to achieve now? But where do you think you're going to be in two years, three years, five years? I think that's so important to go down that road with them and almost force them to start thinking about what the future looks like. And almost even how would you scale this up? What do you see as your future manufacturing floor looking like? Because if we can picture that and have in our minds what that looks like, then we can kind of step back to what we need for their particular opportunity at the moment and make sure that we can build in that capability to use what they have as they scale up. And that's so important with the automation system because many times uh, you can solve a problem and have a very proprietary solution, but it doesn't allow you to scale. And a lot of times customers only have specific products in specific areas. And so that's the one thing that we at Agilitech are really trying to bring is a, a real holistic view Even though we might be talking about upstream product, what's the downstream going to look like? What is that going to look like even in a PD environment, let alone a manufacturing environment? So think about what that looks like now so that now we can build some of those hooks in to be able to scale that up and grow it. Can you explain the benefits of not getting locked into a proprietary solution and remaining brand agnostic? Yeah, I think that's really important. We really try to help our customers understand that proprietary solutions, and especially in a unit ops approach, can really hinder growth in the future. But if they can remain agnostic, and and especially with the automation system, but even with components, not only do you get best in class, but you also have something that you can grow with. And if you're installing Delta V or Rockwell, these are major companies that are never going to go out of business. And they're always advancing their product. They're always adding new features to it. So if you start out with platforms like that and build on it and stay away more from the proprietary solutions, even in the future, you may bring people on that are able to support that in-house so you don't have to pay contractors. And, and any component side of things, if you remain brand agnostic, 
It doesn't mean that that particular component has to be used throughout your process, but it does allow you to change those things out in the future or even change those on future scale-ups. Whereas if you get tied in with a company that's trying to keep it proprietary, now you're, you have to have that specific company for your support, for your consumables, and you have to have that specific company for your repair services. And so it really limits you. It, it limits the, the ability to, to meet your needs as a customer. And this happens a lot with customers. We talk to them all the time that they want to move away from one of the big boys because they just can't get any response on service. It's like, we've got the PO, we got the equipment, but we need some things changed, but we can't even get them to call us back. We've been waiting three weeks, four weeks for a return phone call. So it, trying not to get yourself locked into these proprietary solutions really, I think, makes it easier for you to grow, keeps you much more flexible, and um, that scale up is a lot easier. Another area that's really important is automation. How do you plan for automation and why is it important to do this planning early? Previously, we were talking a lot about automation. I think that's really a key point is figuring out and planning for that environment that you're going to have your automation done in. And there are so many industrial platforms out there today, you know, Delta V, Ignition, Rockwell, Siemens. There are so many. But starting at the beginning and deciding early on what that platform is going to be and how you're going to support it, I think is is critical to the future success of what you're trying to do, at least from a spending aspect. And, and it might cost you a little bit more upfront to go with one of these industrial platforms or, or standardized platforms as opposed to a proprietary automation platform. But in the end, it makes it so much easier to scale up your process. Uh, we recently are working with a customer that's in the cell-based protein market. And they got that picture. They're, they're wanting us to help them with a couple of small bioreactors, but they understand that. They know that in the future, they're, they're visioning what their scale-up looks like. And they understand, man, if we can start with this up front, wow, we can just replicate that over and over as we continue to go into our manufacturing floor. And so that's really what we try to push with our customers is just think that through. Think through what an automation platform looks like now and what functionality you need now to get you going. Because it could be that you just need something that's very manual, knowing that in the future, it's something that you're going to fully automate. But it allows you that flexibility to start with kind of a low-end system and grow into what you think your manufacturing floor is going to look like. So we really try to push that planning for that automation right up front. Because you're going to end up living with this, you know, as long as you're there. So as long as you're trying to put product into the market, this is a platform that you're going to live with. And so you might as well choose it from the beginning, start a little earlier and make sure it's one that you can grow with. In the industry, there is a great push for speed to clinic and speed to market, which causes some companies to spend less time in design in order to be operational as soon as possible. Can you talk about the importance of balancing speed with designing for the future? Yeah, and I think this is a great way to summarize what we've been talking about because everyone wants to be able to get their product to market as fast as possible, or or they want to get a product as soon as possible so they can start with their PD or their R&D or whatever it is that they're doing. But we really try to temper that when we talk with our customers. Make sure that you're designing it for where, where you're going. And we do that a lot through the different flexibilities at Agilitech that we bring to our product. Even though you might need that right now or feel that you need that right now, 
thinking that process through can really make a huge difference on your spin. A good example is many times we'll do TFS skids where they're able to use different size tubing. And so what we're doing is meeting their needs now, but also in the future. So instead of having to pay again for another skid later, that say is a, a three quarter inch tubing size as compared to a half inch or a quarter inch, we can combine that into one skid and future proof that. And that's really how you design for the future. You, you want to make it as flexible as possible. And we recognize that customers want this as fast as possible. But we can typically turn a product like that around, a tailored solution like that within six to seven months, which is pretty typical in the market today. So a lot of people think, well, if I go with that very customized solution that you're talking about, you know, how long is it going to take me to get that? How hard is it going to be for me to get my consumables? We've worked all of that out for you. If we can have those discussions up front, we can really find that good balance. How do we get it to you quickly? But also, how do we design for that future that you want to get into without having to spend a ton of money buying scale-up skids when you don't really need to? Yeah, I think another aspect of designing for the future when you're trying to balance that with speed is really leveraging all of the industry standards that are out there. At Agilitech, we, we build everything to ISA 88 batch standards. And what that means is that you have different levels of automation. If you wanted something that's very manual, we have control modules for valves, for pumps, for transmitters. We can build that in so that really everything becomes a manual operation, but also gives you the, the ability to use that as a foundation for future growth. So you could put your equipment modules on top of that, your phases, your operations to the point that now you can use recipe or batch to be able to control your, your process. And, and we use these standards because they work. When we think about good manufacturing practices, we think of standards like GAMP V, GAMP 5, because these processes force you to go down that road. So you're developing a functional specification that tells you how this unit's going to operate or this downstream process is going to operate. You have hardware specs so that we know what hardware needs to be used inside this system or this unit ops. And then software specs. All of these are driven to completion before the implementation process starts so that we're all on the same page of what it is you're going to get at the end. But I think the secret to that is the fact that we're using those standards that all of these other ISPE, all of these other organizations have put together because they work. And we, we bring that to our product and to our solutions where I think a lot of other customers don't really look at it like that or a lot of other vendors, I should say. And so we really try to leverage those when we're putting that uh, design for the future aspect of what we're doing. And, and even though you might need something really quick, there's a ton of value in being able to follow these standards for success. I think that the point that you make about standards is really important, especially when it comes to flexibility and future-proofing systems. It seems like how you've described it, the Agilitech products are easy to adapt to an evolving process in situations when a user needs to transition from manual control of an operation to batch and then ultimately full automation. Could you tell me a little bit more about the ease of this transition? ISA 88 batch standards are building blocks. And that makes it really simple because the building, the basic building block is called a control module. And, and that's a device level module. So you can actually get a system that just has the control modules and manually operate everything on the skid. 
or you can build it towards batch and you can do equipment modules, phases and operations over time that allow you to automate that the way you want it to be automated. And so that's really what, why we try to push that open platform because not every platform out there is, allows you to do that. Most of them that are proprietary that I, that I know of are pretty well set and they're not necessarily built on the building blocks that um, ISPE and all of these all of these different standards organizations have been trying to put in the market for that very reason. Lastly, can you talk about how future proofing can be used to help emerging technologies like cell and gene therapy? Well, I think that is one of the things we're really trying to do is target more of the emerging technologies like uh, cell and gene therapy. And we're actually working with a couple of companies right now. And that's kind of why we took our product line to the smaller scale. So having that 10 liter, 25 liter single use mixer is important for these companies. They don't, they don't need something that's 650 liters or a thousand liters. They need, they need something smaller. Even our chromatography skid, smallest unit on the market today for that very reason is we're, we're trying to support some of these emerging technologies that some of the bigger players really haven't got into yet. So having the product lines to be able to support those customers is really driving a lot of business for us. And it's really interesting because when we're doing that and in the process that we use, we continue to gain insight into more of that um, technology so that we can start thinking more about how can our products help these types of customers. So on our next iterations of, of upgrades to products or new products that are coming out, how can we make sure that we can scale them down to the size that these companies need? Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To listen to other podcasts related to the discovery, development, and manufacture of biologics, please visit us at www.cellculturedish.com. And for downstream process topics, www.downstreamcolumn.com.